Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk? Today, we're going to talk about the Turkish earthquake and why America's generosity, China's balloon and Biden's corruption, Ilhan, committee removal justified, and GOP committees get moving now. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. It always feels like on Monday morning that I haven't talked to you, my listeners, in about like a month or something. So, and this week it is a little different. We had a, um, here in the great state of Texas, North Texas, we had an ice storm. And so if you're a regular listener, you know that we missed a few shows last week. We basically had a show Monday, a week ago today, and then we had the ice storm, got in the middle of it all, and we just kind of, life was shut down here in Texas. So it's great to be back. So much to talk about. Uh, and as you know, if you listen to my show very often, America Can We Talk, it's all about preserving America. And everything I talk about is about preserving this great country. What I do, though, want to start with talking about this earthquake that happened uh, in Turkey. And I'll just tell you that um, I don't, I, I'm terrible, I know everyone feels terribly sorry for the people uh, who live there uh, and who were affected by it. You have rescue crews going through trying to uh, find people who are injured but survived, who are trapped. I mean, the world, the outpouring of just care and concern is a beautiful thing. Uh, it was a horrific earthquake. I do have one tweet I want to show you. Um, this is someone who's familiar with the area. Uh, and this is a tweet that was uh, by a gentleman named um, Charles Lister. And if we can put that clip up. So this guy's tweet, just to understand the kind of situation is there. He writes, horrific news of tonight's earthquake in Turkey and in northern Syria, because obviously the earthquake doesn't know geographic lines, so it's impacting Turkey and Syria. So damage looks extensive, but this is what I want to hit. The epicenter region is home to millions of refugees and IDPs, I'll tell you that in a second, many of whom live in tents and makeshift structures. This is the absolute nightmare scenario for them. And it's winter. And um, IDPs are internally displaced persons. You know, we have people who are forced to, uh, even after World War II or during World War II, we had people who were displaced. They just had to leave the country they lived in. They couldn't live there safely. Well, this area he's talking about where this earthquake occurred, occurred has internally displaced people, which means they're not safe in their own home countries. They're not safe in what they uh, and where they live. And so they've been shuttered or shuttled into areas where they're being held for their own safety because people around them are um, wanting to kill or hurt them. So this is just, it's a horrific situation. Um, I am grateful for every rescue worker and for all the countries stepping up and uh, helping out. I want to also mention, I do this once in a great while to mention, among the many reasons I always tell you that America is unique and extraordinary and great. America the United States of America has historically, every time they do run any numbers, do any testing, will come out and say, America is the most generous country on earth, period, full stop. We are the most generous people. We send the most money. We send the most aid, whatever is needed. And I want to make and two things that, about that really matter. Three things. One is other countries do, of course, and I'm grateful for every generous person. Other countries, especially usually in situations like this, surrounding countries who are geographically closer. I mean, they're generous and good people in uh, every country, in this world, every country. But America's generosity is uniquely tied to the kind of ethos or the identity of America. America was founded on these beautiful ideas that were written out in the Declaration and 
talked about in the Federalist Papers and by historians, which is a basic idea that we believe that everyone is born, we're all equal, and we all have rights to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. We have a notion in America, a founding idea of America, that in this world, every single individual is unique and is created by God and has, and therefore, the right to live in freedom. And we have this notion that all of that founding idea, it is not tied to race, ethnicity, national origin, skin color, it's not tied to anything. When the founders wrote that, they were saying that what they were observing and writing down as a founding idea of America was really what had always been true for every person ever on planet Earth. They weren't saying it was a new thing they were creating here. They were observing what they believed to be a deep, they had studied the philosophers and studied the scriptures, a deep eternal truth that we all have unique value and that we all are equal. That was the founding of America and that ethos worked its way into America's culture and society, this belief that we you know, love each other, love our neighbor as ourselves as the Bible teaches. And even though it's a primary teaching of Jesus, the Old Testament, the, the Jewish uh, scriptures contain similar ideas. You love your neighbor as yourself. And so this, this founding idea of America and this rooting in those ideas of the equality of all people, it brings about a respect for life, for human life, a desire to have others live out their life in freedom, and it brings out an extraordinary generosity that America is known for and has exhibited. And these big studies, I linked to a couple of them in our show links today. Uh, if you go to americacanwetalk.org on the homepage under shows, drop down list of links, you will see that we, we Americans are generous consistently uh, and always. And we're generous both with things, situations like this, this earthquake or other natural disasters um, externally, but we Americans are also the most generous when you study these things within America to each other. America is uniquely generous and good nation. And I'm not saying it's because of people or race or ethnicity or skin color. It is about, it's because it springs from that, that goodness and that love for your neighbor, respect for your neighbor, it springs from the founding ideas of America and it contributes to America's unique greatness. And last point on this is that America has done this, a generosity for nations around the world, whether it's earthquakes or typhoons or hurricanes or whatever it is that causes damage without any reference to race, ethnicity, or skin color. We are not generous only to those who look like us. And the reason I want to say that is because the anti-American left in this country, the rising Marxist movement in this country, anti-American Marxist movement, has been trying for decades to convince Americans to despise their country, to think of America as a bad place or founded by bad people or bad ideas, and that America was somehow, you know, just to be uh, scorned and ridiculed because we really don't have this tremendous and unique history that we're always claiming for ourselves. But the fact is we do have that history. We are a generous nation, and it's not because we're better people than somebody else. It's because the, the ideas of America passed along from the founding, through churches, through families, through communities, was the idea that here on this earth, you look out for each other. You try to help people. You don't leave people in, in terrible situations if you can do something about it. So this, this uh, Turkish earthquake, I'm deeply sorry for everyone who's involved, uh, who is injured or has lost loved ones or struggling. I, I know America will step up. I know other nations will too. It's all from America's standpoint. We do this regardless of who is involved in, in the damage. Race, ethnicity, national origin, skin color makes no difference to America's generosity. It's one, it is an example of, it's an outcome of America's unique and extraordinary greatness. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. Okay, there's so much to talk about today about China. So we, everyone got um, wrapped up, of course, in the balloon story over the weekend. Um, and it was a big, 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 big story. Um, of course, it involved this Chinese spy balloon that was making its way across America. Um, and it was, you know, over some of America's most secure military installations, over, and particularly over one, an military installation, where we have uh, the large collection of America's nuclear arsenal. 
great concern about this. China put out some statement saying, hey, you know, it's just a weather balloon and it's unmanned, got you know, a little off track. Hey, sorry about that. It was really the message that China put out in response to the concerns raised about this balloon, uh, which was a spy surveillance balloon. That's what it was. And, and honestly, they know it. We know it. Everyone knows it. That's what the balloon was. But the decision, the way that China chose to react and what they said about it was itself a signal of how much China will mock and ridicule America under President Biden. They simply, they, they treat our country and our president like we are stupid or, in the case of Biden, maybe because they know he's very compromised as to what they do and that he won't do a thing about it. Obviously, the balloon was shot down um, eventually after being a week in America. I want to start by playing. There was one clip from um, DNI Ratcliffe, and that was Director of National Intelligence. Very quickly, uh, DNI Ratcliffe, he is, um, as Maria Bartiromo said as she introduced him in her show, you know, he was America's top spy. That's what DNI is. Very reputable guy. He's actually a Texan um, and represented a district a little bit north of where I, we live in Dallas. But he was, uh, before he became DNI, uh, and he was interviewed. I want you to hear what he had to say about the significance of this spy balloon over America. This is DNI, DNI Ratcliffe. Uh, this past week, unfortunately, uh, the People's Republic of China executed an incredibly successful intelligence operation uh, over uh, the mainland of the United States. And conversely, um, the Biden administration uh, committed an uh, unprecedented uh, national security blunder of incalculable damage. Um, and, and I say that, Maria, because we know, um, uh, you know, the facts are very clear that um, America's number one adversary, the People's Republic of China, uh, maneuvered a spy craft into U.S. airspace uh, a week ago on Saturday, January 28th, and it didn't leave U.S. airspace until a week later, sat Saturday, February 4th. And except for the time that it was over Canada, it spent um, at least four days, at least 100 hours continuously over the continental United States uh, uh, in an intelligence operation, um, again, of incalculable damage, violating uh, U.S. sovereignty uh, of, our, of our airspace and our territorial borders in an unprecedented way that I'm not aware has ever happened in our history, uh, Maria, and the Biden administration let that happen. I want to ask you about that. Never. You know, I wanted to play that. There are longer clips, but um, I will tell you, first of all, that uh, if you watch my show often, you know that Gordon Chang has been on the show uh, numerous times. Gordon Chang is just a, a, a preeminent expert on China and America. Uh, he happens to be of Chinese descent, but he's American. He's uh, been just a prolific source of information and assessment for all at all sorts of level, the highest level of American government, um, and very familiar with the situation. He... Um, been texting with him. He's not available at the time of the show today, but um, I'm going to share with you some of the tweets he put out. Because what I want to get at is, I think on conservative shows like this, and you might, or people might think, well, you know, you're just picking on Biden. I know the story's out there. Well, you know, there were uh, there were military balloons over the um, over America during Trump's presidency, and you, know, you didn't pick on him, and so he's being picked on. I'm going to just tell you the points I'm going to make in our little talk today about China. Number one. China is our enemy. They are our enemy. They're nothing like Russia. Now, I know the left just gets hysterical over Trump-Russia, which was a non-existent collusion hoax. But the real enemy of America, more than anyone else, the country intending, intending to take down America is China. And so you have the, you know, the, that's, that all by itself is very important to understand. China is our enemy. They speak in a variety of ways telling you, telling us they intend to weaken America. They don't, they're not trying to get an even playing field. China intends to be the world's single superpower. They truly intend to take down America. So it matters who sent that spy, that spy balloon over America. Number two, as that spy balloon is going over the country, you know, we did nothing. And then it's finally over an ocean, and then it was shot down. And honestly, only shot down, it appears, because so much public attention was brought to it, so much media attention, the Biden administration finally had to do something because they were humiliated. 
And so they shot it down over the ocean, and China's already issued a, you know, we're really mad about this statement, and, you know, we, we will take uh, action. This is unprecedented. You know, this was a research, uh, weather research uh, balloon. I mean, they just, the idea that you would, if you're China, you're deciding how to react, and you react by, by playing along with an absurd pretend that no one in America believes, you're just telling the people, and you're telling your people, and you're telling American people, we have no respect for you or your president or your country. We think you are fools, and that's what we think of you. That's what China is saying. Um, so DNI Ratcliffe's assessment is just right. Um, I want to also, though, go to what Gordon Chang was saying about it. Uh, I'm going to hit what Gordon Chang was saying and other uh, top-notch experts are saying. And the reason it matters so much is you would think differently about China as an American citizen uh, if you recognize they are at war with us. We may not want to be at war with them. We Americans may think we don't want at war with China, but they are already there. They're already there in war uh, against America. Before I uh, do that, one, I'll tell you one other quick thing. Uh, there was a, a book I've mentioned periodically. I bought it myself. You can buy it. There was a book written by two Chinese generals, uh, CCP, Communist Chinese Communist Party generals, written in 1998 or 1999, it's called in English, Unrestricted Warfare. They write about how China can take down America. They actually write about it. And so, and they're talking about how they're not going to take America down by military in invasion, and they're not going to take America down, you know, with a, um, you know, with bombs and bullets. But they're going to destroy America from top to bottom. The, they, the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, will destroy America through a series of things they're going to do to weaken our economy, weaken our belief in ourselves, weaken our institutions, weaken everything about America. They, they want to get America into a weakened state. They are talking right now. The response of the CCP to Biden, to this balloon incident, it is an example of that. They are talking down. They're making fun of Biden and, and ridiculing the American military by standing by their claim. Yeah, it was just a it was a weather research, and and you know you had no right to to bring it down. The Chinese are telling us what they intend to do. They are telling us that. And I want to have just go through a series of tweets that Gordon Chang put up about this. We'll have them on sometime soon. But what he had to say about so this is the first one. So he's making the point, what can a balloon at 60,000 feet, and for our radio listeners, I'm reading out loud a tweet from Gordon Chang, what can a balloon at 60,000 feet observe that all these other assets cannot? Let's remember, China is paying a dear price for the incident, so it must have thought the intelligence or propaganda was worth it. Leave that up there while I say one thing. You realize, of course, as this balloon traversed America, it wasn't like the balloon is collecting data from above all these U.S. military installations and storing it in some computer sitting inside the balloon. They're instantaneously sending back everything they gather to the CCP. So the balloon has accomplished its purpose even before guests over the ocean get shot down. But Chang was responding to something that another gentleman, David Goldman, had put up. China has at least 68 spy satellites with advanced optics. It has 2,000 missiles that can hit anything on the surface out to 1,000 miles or more. It has 1,000 fourth and fifth generation fighters. We're worked up about a balloon. Explain this to me. And so that was what Chang is responding to. It's because when you have a spy balloon as close to the earth as, um, as, as this was, um, this is a, you went to the next thing. That's okay. Anyways, the next tweet was Gordon Chang. And this is, this is really, it is very, uh, you know, alarming, but you can't ignore this. Gordon Chang is saying a world war is coming. China's regime or an element of the regime wants to fight. CCP. And Gordon Chang is really, really good at interpreting the conduct of what China does, saying this is why it's happening. What he, he was saying in other tweets, I don't think I captured that, but leave the tweet up there. But he was saying in another tweet how, you know, there's a, it seems to be some of a split with the CCP because there was a little bit of a warming trend toward the West in some aspects of the CCP. And, and, and he's saying the fact that they went on this expedition, they sent the balloon over here, they knew they were going to cause trouble in America, and they went ahead and did it. They're doing that because the people who want war are winning the argument. And that what Chang was responding to is a tweet, just leave it up there still, Bill Bishop had tweeted uh, you know, a little bit previous to this. 
In the 1930s and 40s, Germany and Japan bet that the U.S. wouldn't fight to defend the liberal democratic order, and they lost. Now China runs the risk of making the same mistake if it attacks Taiwan. So this guy is saying, you know, this tweeter, this Bill Bishop is saying, you know, China's going to attack Taiwan, and there, and among the messages, you can come back to me for a minute, among the messages that China is sending is, you know, we, China, you know, we're going to do what we want. We're going to take down Taiwan, and you're not going to do one thing about it, United States of America. You're not going to do it because you're, and they're, they're testing, and they're poking, and they're making their point. We are not afraid of you. We are superior to you. I think there was another tweet from Gordon Chang. If you can put the next one up. Okay. Biden has failed to impose costs on China for its military and other assistance to Russia since the first days of the invasion of the Ukraine. Another thing about this idea, you can go back to me, another thing was, this is how, you know, Biden has signaled in every conceivable way that he has no intention of doing anything to crack down on China about anything. And we're going to turn in a moment to talking about why. Why would Biden not be, I mean, because what Chang is referring to is, is that China has been helping Russia with equipment, supplies, and money as China, as Russia is invading the Ukraine. And that if we say we're so, you know, backing the Ukraine and we really want, which I don't think we should be sending anything there, but that's a different story. But what Chang's point is, look what, you know, this is, China has been helping Russia. Russia's attracting, attacking Ukraine. We do nothing to China about. So China just has the, has rightfully taken the message, yeah, I'm not so worried about what you Americans, because you don't really, you never fight. You never stand up. So I wanted to make these points to say we're at a very, very serious time in America's history. Um, and a very serious time in, world, in the world because China is a rising, you know, uh, massive superpower. It's got all sorts of shortcomings, all sorts of, you know, uh, ways in which it seems to have been weakened, but China's on a mission, and they're on a mission in great part at this time because Biden is at the helm of the country. You know, he who occupies the White House, Biden, is utterly compromised by uh, by China. And I mentioned a few things about that in case you lost track of these stories and, and what China is really all about. So we had come to our attention when the um, Twitter files were released that much of what was released the Twitter files being, remember that term, Twitter files were the files that during the time Twitter, before Elon Musk bought it, when Twitter was censoring everything, Twitter was censoring, and as it turns out, Twitter was taking instructions from the Biden administration about what to tamp down, what to say, what to, what to silence, what people are allowed to talk about. And a big part of that was the Hunter Biden laptop, which the, or, the administration and the Twitter, and through various entities within the administration, and the people who run Twitter just went along with it, so the Hunter Biden laptop was discounted. But remember what we learned from the Hunter Biden laptop when finally emails are coming out, that there were that emails that were on the Biden laptop suppressed in the Twitter file, <coughs> suppressed by Twitter and others. The Biden family is utterly compromised by China. I mean, this if you wrote a spy novel about this, it'd be a darn good spy novel. How do you have the world's single superpower, America, in the hands of a guy who is utterly under the control, or in the words of Sam Faddis, a brilliant former CIA operative, uh, been on the show before, speaks at my summits, made the point recently, Joe Biden is a controlled asset of China. His family has taken so much money from China that he is, he is not acting, he is not capable of acting as a, as a player would who had independent judgment and loved and wanted to defend America. So where we are with China, and quick reminders, and by this is an article, I will put it up again later on our website because I don't think it's up for today. It was a brilliant piece by Sam Faddis in his and substack it was called did joe biden commit espionage and he was in this piece talking about the papers the the biden papers that were found at the penn center at his homes um but he's talking about you know why we should be so worried that biden would walk off with papers but he's making the point uh, about china in this piece about that, that china has modernized their nuclear weapons program dramatically expanding the number of nuclear weapons they have stolen um and stolen, much of it stolen uh, in the development of hypersonic missiles, stolen from us. The balance of power on the planet has shifted because industrial scale Chinese espionage was allowed to occur. Now, this espionage occurred long preceding Biden. It didn't begin with Biden. 
but Biden's the first one in office now that just, I mean, as compared with Trump, who is compromised by them. And so he goes on to say um, that he, Sam Fast, talking about the Chinese that don't just uh, steal defense secrets, they compromise our top government officials and politicians. And he goes on to say that this Hunter Biden laptop revealed the range of contacts between Hunter Biden acting clearly as Joe's emissary, Joe Biden's emissary, with top CCP leaders and Chinese intelligent personnel has been massive. Huge sums of money have flowed from China to the Bidens. So this is where we sit today. This is where we sit. We are in 2023. The He who was not elected, but he occupies the White House, compromised by the world's single superpower, out to get us, does want to end America. They have a spy plane, a spy balloon floating over our country, and we let it gather all the data and finally shoot it down over the ocean after it was over. You know, um, I, I will I'm just do this very quickly before we uh, continue with this story. Uh, if you are listening, I want to thank, first of all, uh, our radio listeners. I truly, really appreciate Brighton Radio carries the show. If you're wondering who you're listening to, my name is Debbie Georgiatis. The show is called America Can We Talk. The website is americacanwetalk.org. Please go to that website, americacanwetalk.org. You can read the articles I'm speaking from today. You can listen to past interviews, past shows. Um, and, and you're also, if you're a radio listener, you're going to go off to a break at the bottom of the hour. You have a three-minute um, break. Please come back. I'll be right here talking with you about saving America. So, you know, on the... Continuing, though, the story of China and Biden, the reason it is so uh, concerning in, in America, uh, among the reasons I've been saying, China wants to be the single superpower. China has been stealing secrets from us for decades. China has been beefing up their nuclear weapons, while our nuclear weapon arsenal has been uh, languishing and not been updated. And I want to remind you something about Joe Biden, too, if you didn't know this fact about him. Joe Biden got into the United States Senate, ran and won a race to become a U.S. Senator when his first political victory before that was a city council member. I mean, any of you who do politics, who help candidates, who work with people, advise people like I've done in the past, nobody goes from city council to U.S. Senate. You do stair step, you get to know people, you prove yourself. It's just the way it is. I'm not saying it's not a law, it's just pragmatics. But Biden went from being a member of a city council in Delaware to being a U.S. senator because he was approached and went along with an organization called Council for a Livable World. Council for a Livable World. And leftists always think up these great names so they sound, well, gee, that's who, who's, a, who's against a livable world? This was a, at that time, Russian communist organization that was really invading America, a kind of this unrestricted warfare kind of tactic, finding people to run for federal office in jurisdictions, Delaware is a perfect example, with a small population, so not that many people you have to influence, and getting behind somebody and saying, just get yourself, run for Senate, we'll back you. So they, they're funding his billboards, funding his campaign, funding attack ads against the incumbent who had no, didn't have, didn't have uh, you know, problems, didn't have scandals, was popular, and Joe Biden won the race for U.S. Senate based on nothing, no accomplishments, no uh, themes, just a guy funded out the wazoo by the Council for the Livable World. And that organization, Council for a Livable World, still the organization supports him, still they have funded him, and they are just communists. And among the things they told him, you know, of course, we help you, here's what you have to do. And part of the main mission was for him as he got into the United States Senate, was to undermine America's ability to continue improving and funding our nuclear arsenal. I mean, so he's being asked to kind of talk down and mock the need for a nuclear arsenal and uh, to also go softly with respect to Russia. You know, don't be picking on the Russians. So he's there, you know, during Reagan's Cold War. Reagan is doing what a, any, you know, American should do, which is trying to weaken Russia in the Cold War. And Biden was never on Reagan's side about that. So here he says today, he's languished in politics, a complete do-nothing doof, I mean, who, who in college or law school, college, uh, was actually had to drop out of something, drop out of a campaign because he plagiarized. I mean, this is a, a morally compromised guy before he met 
the counsel for a little bit of the world. He's been there all this time, and he's gotten by on what people think of his grandfatherly, friendly-looking, you know, face. The guy has never been on America's side, and now here we sit in 2023. He is in the White House. He can't defend America against a spy balloon, and he is, as we were just telling you, I was just telling you, compromised because of all the money his family has taken through assets through his son from Chinese intelligence sources. Intelligence sources. That's who is running our country and making our decisions. Okay, moving forward a little bit more um, on this topic. I don't want to, um, do we have any more tweets? I can't even see my producer in this scene. Do we have any more tweets? We do one more. Two more. Okay. Let's put, this is, again, Gordon Chang, what he had to say about the situation. Um, so he's saying, Biden has failed to impose costs on China for his military and other assistance to Russia since the first days of the invasion of Ukraine. Yep, we got that one. Next one. We need to, oh, he, this was a great point. He's saying that, you know, some people in the administration are saying, well, you know, we're, we're talking uh, with Chinese officials uh, through multiple channels, and don't worry, the DOD's, um, you know, the DOD's trying to talk, and we've got all of our channels trying to talk. Gordon Chang says, we need to stop talking to China. Chinese leaders and officials are not able to hold conversations with us in good faith, so what's the point in giving a forum to their absurd untruths? Is that the last one? One more. Okay. Yeah. No, last one. Okay. So uh, the reason I want to play those is, you know, we'll have Gordon on soon. There are a lot of people out there talking about this, of course. But understand what the media is doing now, because they don't have anywhere to go with this. Uh, they are quick pivoting to saying, well, there were spy balloons put out when Trump was president. I mean, you know, we didn't, you didn't get all hysterical then. There were Chinese spy balloons here then. And I'll tell you the things I've learned about that. Number one is that uh, Trump has said, you know, I didn't know anything about that, never heard about that. And actually, that's what Biden said on Friday, I think it was. I didn't know a thing about it. No one told me until today. So he's saying the same thing. There was a um, suggestion made by one Republican member of Congress that's possible that the Pentagon decided when Trump was president that as they had Chinese spy balloons over America, that maybe they wouldn't tell Trump about it because maybe Trump would, would overreact. Now, this has not been confirmed by anyone in the Pentagon. It's a United States congressman who is floating this idea, saying this might have been what happened. The Pentagon just didn't want to uh, tell Trump. But Trump didn't know. And, yet, and this is, you, you recognize what the left is doing because Biden's fecklessness is indefensible. The country that wants to take down America, floating spy balloons over our country, including over our major installations, military installations for a week, and nothing happens until it's out over the shore, over the water, then they shoot it down. So, I mean, they're trying to deflect, you know, to, well, Trump did it too, and no, he didn't. I mean, and Trump wasn't compromised by China or Russia either, as long as we speak about that. Um, and then the other um, kind of thing you have to keep in mind is everybody... Uh, in the country was focused on the Biden papers, the uh, top classified papers that had made their way into, into uh, the Penn Biden Center, made their way into Biden's homes, uh, and people kind of wondering, you know, uh, what is this here? Because very, very different calculation, very different calculation, because everybody knows Hunter Biden, who was staying at the house where the papers were located, was in bed with Chinese intelligence officials a very different accusation, a very different assessment. So there is where we are. And so this has deflected uh, attention, as someone put on Twitter, I think it was, say someone said, well, you know, whatever happened to the uh, paper, I kind of forgotten about those. But it's a, it's a very, very serious situation. And um, we will be talking about it with several wonderful, wonderful experts coming up over the next few weeks. Uh, Frank Gaffney is joining us in a couple of weeks, a wonderful expert out of Washington, D.C., um, who founded a Center for Security Policy. He's got a, a, just a mountain of things to share with you about China. Uh, and then Brad Thayer, who is another enormous voice in uh, foreign policy, um, discussing who China is, what they are, what's driving them. Uh, those will be two experts joining us soon. We're going to keep talking about this story. And, you know, I think I can't do it today, but I want to just briefly tease this idea that when we talk about stories like this in the show, you might be thinking, well, what can I do about it? You know, I mean, I mean it's Chinese foreign policy, and I can't, and, you know, I'm just, you know, mom, dad, living wherever I live, have my life. I don't have any role in foreign policy. You do have a role, however, in whether or not the money you earn when you are putting your money into retirement accounts, 
of all kinds where the, your retirement money is being fed into what the um, fed into retirement programs, uh, and they're usually mutual funds or, or uh, things like that, that in turn invest in China invest in China. So there is a movement now to wake Americans up to recognizing that your retirement funds may be making their way into Chinese businesses and I mean even businesses in mainland China or businesses rooted in America but in China and trying to warn you that you are unintentionally and unknowingly you are helping the Chinese Communist Party hold on to power by allowing those kind of investments to um, to make to, to be part of your uh, portfolio. I'm going to talk about that a little more in a few weeks um, because I've got a, a ton of information about that. Um, but I, it's an important point to make is that if American citizens you want to do something to pressure your advisors, your economic advisors, if you have a portfolio, which most people don't, but if you have a portfolio to say, I don't want my money invested in anything related to China. I'll remind you about China, my very fine friends. In China, it's a federal law. It is a law in China. Every single business in China, even allegedly private or semi-private businesses, every business in China must give all information to the CCP of every kind, of every single bit of information that relates to their country, their business. Literally, if you invest in China, whatever information your investment portfolio has, whatever investments you make through the stock market, those companies in China share everything with the CCP. So an effort, the way the average citizen could help, the kind of rising up grassroots thing, is to put pressure on your investment portfolio manager or anyone who handles your retirement account to say, pull every single dime out of China, invest in American companies. I don't go into more of that in another day, but I just, that occurred, I wanted to mention. That's actually a great um, segue into our next um, topic, because I was gonna talk about Ilhan Omar uh, in just a moment, I will do that. But before I get to her, uh, you know, the um, Republicans have established numerous select committees. God bless them for doing it. I mean, the GOP has a slim majority in the House, and they have gone to work creating wonderful committees. I mean, really powerful committees. One is a select committee on the strategic competition between the United States and the Chinese Communist Party. And I mentioned it's a brilliant thing to, to have Congress investigating this you know, just uh, infusion. It's not just of communist sympathizers in government, but it is communist ideology, is communist uh, supportive or communist friendly businesses in America. It is having the U.S. House the only entity not controlled by the Marxist left in this country to have them look into what China is doing to America in a whole variety of ways. So it is called the Select Committee on the Strategic Competition between the U.S. and China. And the uh, opposition to creation of that committee um, was actually uh, some Democrats voted to create it. But Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez did not vote that before. In fact, she voted against it and put out a statement saying we shouldn't be investigating China because uh, people might think we're, um, they, they, they might be bigoted against Asian Americans. So it might prompt people to behave badly toward Asian Americans. Or, she says, in her utter cluelessness, she said, because it might sound like we think we're at Cold War with China. She's I mean, she says, it's, it's unspeakable. She's a member of Congress. She has no idea where America stands vis-a-vis -vis China and how dangerous China is to America. So she's concerned if we create a committee to look into it, that China might get mad and think we're in Cold War. When China is in Cold War and they're heading toward hot war very quickly with America. So now I'll turn to the next um, subject. I put Ilhan's committee removal justified. So you likely saw the Republicans when they took office, um, took control, uh, kind of, um, that they removed Ilhan Omar uh, as a member from uh, of, the, um, of, the, of the Foreign Affairs Committee. And I want to just mention something about that that really, um, it's just very, 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 very important to understand what, what uh, is going on there. Uh, so Ilhan Omar is a Democrat member of Congress from Minnesota. She is Muslim. She has made many, many anti-Semitic statements. So she's 
doesn't, she hates Israel, she, you know, perceived to hate Jews, very anti-Semitic statements, and she is one who is, um, you know, she gets a complete pass from the media, because she's forever in a day, Ilhan Omar, uh, you know, claiming racism, if anyone challenges anything she says, uh, she, it is very muddy how she ever even had the right to enter America, it appeared for a while, and I don't think it's ever been disproven, that she married her brother, uh, for the purpose of getting him admission to America. I mean, she just has a, um, a mindset that's anti-American, uh, in my view. And um, she's and she, the thing that I think bothered people the most, uh, bothered me the most, was when she was giving some history, she was talking about what happened in America in 9-11, which was radical extremist Muslims attack, not even radical extremists, these are people who believe what the Quran teaches, which is they're supposed to kill infidels, and they committed the attack on 9-11, and took down the towers and killed almost 4,000, almost 3,000 American citizens. So, Ilhan Omar making reference to that horrific day, 9-11, made the comment on 9-11, some people did some things. That's what she said. Some people did some things. I want to play for you uh, what AOC had to say. AOC had a, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez had just a meltdown. I mean, I'm going to play the video because it's a little bit entertaining. She's jumping around uh, like a, like a uh, you know, whack-a-mole. I don't know what you describe. Jumping around a lot like a crazy person, making her statement on the floor, opposing the fact that the Republicans took Ilhan Omar off of the, um, <clears throat> uh, off of the, uh, the Foreign Affairs Committee. So let's play this little clip of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. As also, as a fellow New Yorker, I think one of the things that we should talk about here is also one of the disgusting legacies after 9-11 has been the targeting and racism against Muslim Americans throughout the United States of America. And this is an extension of that legacy. Consistency, there is nothing consistent with the Republican Party's continued attack except for the racism and incitement of violence against women of color in this body. I had a member of the Republican caucus threaten my life and you all and the Republican caucus rewarded him with one of the most prestigious committee assignments in this Congress. Don't tell me this is about consistency. Don't tell me that this is about an a condemnation of anti-Semitic remarks when you have a member of the Republican caucus who, have who has talked about Jewish space lasers and an, an entire amount of tropes and also elevated her to some of the highest committee assignments in this body. This is about targeting women of color in the, in the United States of America. Don't tell me because I didn't get a single apology when my life was threatened. Thank you. Okay. And she swats the podium. I just want to say, I think it's a time for a very, very serious discussion about this idea. First of all, when the left doesn't like something that happens, like Ilhan Omar being held accountable for the kinds of things she says, anti-Semitic comments, so she really shouldn't be on foreign affairs as Israel is our main ally in the Middle East. Not a word out of AOC's mouth about whether it matters if Ilhan Omar is anti-Semitic, whether maybe everyone misunderstood Ilhan Omar and she's not anti-Semitic, whether anti-Semitism matters as a member of the uh, Foreign Affairs Committee, no, as it's always, as the left always does, no substance, no intelligence, no response to the point being made. She's not saying she's not anti-Semitic, or she is but doesn't matter, or you know, I think that I think we should all be anti-Semitic. Whatever she wants to say. But she, instead of responding to the substance of the reasons given for the removal of her, Ilhan Omar, from the Foreign Affairs Committee, she goes to the typical go-to, it's because of racism, it's because of sexism, it's because of her, it's, it's because of her background. She talks about racism and women and, 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 I mean, which have nothing to do with why she was removed from the committee. And I actually think if you could you know, get, get our AOC in a sane moment when no one else could hear her. She knows that. She knows. She knows Ilhan Omar was not removed from that committee because of sexism or because of racism. She was removed because the kind of things she says are inconsistent with America's foreign policy. Two white men were also removed 
Uh, that does not seem to phase her analysis. She can't calibrate that, so she just ignores it. But uh, Eric Swalwell and Adam Schiff both removed also because they are also very... Uh, Schiff shows no character, no, ca no, no integrity. He lies to the American public. And Swalwell had a fling with a Chinese woman spy. And so I'm getting to the point, but I want to kind of get to a deeper point about this, about, about committee assignments and in general in Washington. We are at such a serious place in America, a serious time in America, that I think it's valid for, I mean, certainly valid for the Republican majority, or you'd hope the Democrats actually cared about these issues, Democrat majority, to say, you can't be in the Foreign Affairs Committee if you hate our main ally and, and, and you hate Jews. You, you can't do that. that. That's kindergarten level, shouldn't even be hard to grasp. Because America's foreign policy is, is wrapped around, in the Middle East, support for the country of Israel, the one anything close to representative democracy. That's what Israel is. But I want to talk even, even deeper than that. We're at a time when we were watching the communist Marxist ideology invasion of America. And for most of American history, even well past World War II, well past World War II, most Americans knew we in America, we stand for the free, land of the free, home of the brave, and we stand for freedom, and we stand for capitalism, and we stand for free markets, and we understand that communism and all of the other isms related to it, Marxism and socialism, that is the, that's the other, that's not us. We don't do that. We were the free world. That was the vernacular for decades. We Americans, and, and not just America, but countries that believe in the rights of individuals and the right to own property and the right to have free markets and the right to have just freedom and capitalism, we were, we, we were the free. You know, we, we were the free and they were the dark, communist, evil ideology. We used to know that was clear. Over decades, this worming its way into the American lexicon of, well, I'm not communist, I'm just, you know, socialist, I'm just kind of a Marxist, or I'm a, you know, democratic socialist, or all the different words they had. And so we've had a softening of what the Americans think about those ideas. And, well, you know, Bernie Sanders, heck, he ran for president, and, you know, he got a bunch of young people who had been completely brainwashed by going, sadly, going to America's institutions, especially higher education institutions, which has, have legitimized Marxism and socialism and communism and mocked freedom and free markets. So you have a swath of young people for whom, you know, there was no one there, no one there, except maybe their own parents, weighing in and saying, hey, I wouldn't listen to these professors too much. And we don't really want to be socialists and communists. We don't want that. But we had, so we have Bernie Sanders working and his followers of, you know, minions, yes, and, you know, his, I used to, when he was running, I used to run riffs of things he would say, you know, everything should be free, everyone's entitled, free healthcare, free housing, you know, free everything you need, everything you possibly need should be free. And he actually said it, like, with a straight face. I mean, loony level analysis, but he said it. And some people, untethered to reality, untethered to economic reality, untethered to the truth of the dismal record that Marxism, socialism, and communism have brought to this world, thought, yeah, yeah, I'm for that. Well, let me vote for that. Yeah, I want everything free. I don't think I should have to pay rent. Nothing should cost that much. Everything should be as much as, you know, as I want it to be so I can afford it. I'm getting at the point that we're at a real battle lines drawn in America between those who believe in freedom in the free world and those who believe in communism. And let me remind you, socialism is just kissing cousins with communism. Socialism, co socialism is the economic system under communism. All that communism is, is socialism with no way out. The, the, the people who want to force fairness have taken control and you have no way out and you have no rights to speak. This is what, so we're on this path now, we'll call it Marxism and socialism and democratic socialism. It's all communism. It's all headed the same way. And so and it's at a very least back to Washington and Ilhan Omar. Yeah, she should not serve on foreign affairs. It doesn't matter who, whether she was elected from her district or not. She's entitled to sit in Congress because they elected her. She's not entitled to place it, to be in a place leading the charge, representing America with ideas that are un-American. 
And the same, I would argue, is true of people who are dedicated Marxists, dedicated socialists. We need to get braver and clearer saying in America, America is a country dedicated to freedom, rooted in free markets, rooted in capitalism, and we are not socialists, Marxists, and communists. And those ideas, you know, it's a free country, you can believe in them, and you can say them, and no one's going to arrest you, but you shouldn't be in a position of power in a powerful committee in Washington making policy and shaping America's policy if you don't believe in the fundamental idea of America as a country founded in freedom. We need to reclaim the swath of ideas, the range of ideas that make America great, unique, and extraordinary, and that includes private property, free markets, and freedom. And it does not include communism, Marxist, democratic socialism, socialism. Those ideas, we need to start calling them out as having no place in positions of power in America. So with respect to uh, AOC, she just got some plum appointment. I don't remember what it was some plum appointment. She's uh, up there in, in Washington, in power, in power, making policy, and she does not believe in the core tenets of property ownership and, and freedom and free markets and capitalism that America was founded on, and which is the only system to have. Capitalism, free markets, the only system to have if you actually believe in the founding freedoms of America. Socialism, Marxism, Communism are all antithetical, flat out opposite to the ideas of the founding of America. So when we talk about defending America, it has to include calling out those ideas as having no place in America and certainly no place in positions of power in Washington. Okay, my friends, the last quick thing I'm going to tell you. So the uh, Republicans have, as we keep saying so happily, uh, have a very small majority in the U.S. House. They have some committees coming. And I call this segment like GOP committees get moving now. I just want to say what we're watching happen in Washington we're wa and, and to the country, I mean, we have a, we have a completely uh, Chinese-controlled White House, China-controlled White House, controlled asset in Biden. We have China spying on America and America hoity-hoing about it, letting it all go till the data's been collected and sucked up and sent back to China before I finally go, oh, you know, maybe we should shoot that thing down. And they only shot it down because of public pressure. So we're in a place, our borders are abandoned. Our borders are abandoned. We have, if you don't live in Texas, well, okay, let's just stay, stick with Texas. If you, don't, if you don't live here or you're not familiar, you have no idea how brazenly our borders are overrun. You have allowing Chinese spying. You have the administration proposing new spending and crazy amounts of money. You have an administration not defending America's interests, happily trying to concede America's sovereignty to the World Health Organization for healthcare policy, to World Economic Forum ideas. You have the, the loss of America, the dissolving of American sovereignty right in front of your faces. So the GOP in this next two years has a massive job to do in the U.S. House saying, we are going to take control of this country. We are going to make sure that America's interests are, are followed. We're going to investigate. So one committee just starting right now, uh, this has to do with censorship. And you know, the, um, we talked earlier briefly about the Twitter files. The idea that during an American presidential election, you had Biden compromised out the wazoo by his own son's laptop and American government officials controlling what Twitter is telling the people so they don't know, the American people don't know what the truth was of the Biden laptop. This is unconscionable abandonment of everything right about America. So this Congress has this committee starting. Um, in fact, this piece was by Jonathan Turley, um, who is a famous lawyer, constitutional um, expert, all that. Uh, the committee is starting. It's a House Select Committee. And they're having their first meeting uh, to be talking about this, about what in the world uh, this censorship that occurred uh, with Twitter uh, essentially shutting down America's ability to understand how corrupt the Biden team is. And so we had um, this committee starting. I'm not going to have time to, today to go into everything they're going to do. I'm going to try to do a segment tomorrow. Uh, about what these committees are and all that they're doing because their committees are enormously important and they, they really did, uh, Kevin McCarthy really did fulfill his, not just the words of his promise so far to the people who um, held out for uh, his, their vote for a speaker for him until he gave some concessions, but he's really embracing the spirit of it. He's saying, we're going to investigate these things, one being this thing with Twitter and censorship because I'm going to tell you folks, if we don't get to the root of that, 
if we don't fire, if not prosecute, everybody who participated, everybody who okayed it, everybody who knew of it and stayed silent, we are going down the path of becoming a nation censored by the ruling class who is going to tell us what we're allowed to know, what we're allowed to say, and what we're not. This could not be more important. This committee, there's one looking into China, there's one looking into the border. Uh, and by the way, um, I, uh, over the weekend, I can't get into it right now, but I'm gonna tell you quickly, over the weekend, I had a great chance to meet uh, Representative Lauren Boebert. She is uh, from, excuse me, she's from Colorado, and she was here for a variety of reasons in Texas, got to meet with her. I am telling you, uh, she has, she understands the issues at an amazing level, and she sounded in presenting what they're doing as though they are serious in Washington. They're going to get to the bottom of these major issues. So these committees, all of them, they better really dive in, get started early, don't take no for an answer, be ready to subpoena, be ready to file lawsuits, be ready to cut off funding, whatever it takes, because we have a lot of rot in the administration in Washington, in the, throughout the bureaucracies, and if we don't root it out now, it only gets worse and worse and worse. Um, I'm gonna use the last um, minute and a half of my show today to make two quick pitches to you. If you love this show, which I hope you do, uh, number one, I urge you to go to americacanwetalk.org. You can make a donation there. This show is listener funded. You make a donation to support the show, americacanwetalk.org. You can also join for $50 a year, become a member, and you can sign up for our free newsletter, which you don't have to pay anything for ever, and sign up at our website, americacanwetalk.org. We also are, we are a... Um, affiliate with and happy to support MyPillow. And I want to urge you, if you don't shop at MyPillow.com, do it now. Go to MyPillow.com and at MyPillow.com, great products. Uh, my husband and I have bought many, many, many of them. MyPillow.com, shop at that website. And when you are checking out, use the promo code DebbieG, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, DebbieG, and you get up to 66% off uh, on your entire purchase, and when you do that, you get that discount, I get a small payment, you get great products delivered to your home, and you are helping this show stay on air. I'm also gonna be telling you over the next few days about another opportunity to support this show. But for now, for our radio listeners, thank you for tuning in. For everybody else, I close out this show as I always do by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So, we started our show today talking about uh, Turkish earthquake and why America's generosity Major earthquake and aftershocks have hit Turkey. Death, injury, and property damage at catastrophic levels. America is historically always most generous with global assistance for any nation and any peoples. Another reminder of the goodness of America and the need to preserve America. No other country has consistently lived out the golden rule as Judeo-Christian Americans have. America has. Natural disasters happen worldwide and the affected countries look first to America for help. America's humanitarian care and generosity should be a source of pride to all Americans. Rich tradition and history of assistance should be taught to America's children, not leftist divisiveness and hatred of America, which is unfortunately what more and more young people have emerged from school learning. On China's balloon and Biden's corruption, ACWT's friend Gordon Chang has been clear and outspoken. CCP is preparing for war against the USA. The balloon was not about meteorology. Biden appears to be a controlled asset of China, as former CIA operative Sam Faz claims. Hunter Biden laptop was never Russian disinformation. Information on the Hunter Biden laptop documents massive Biden family corruption, blackmail potential. CCP understands Biden's history of weakness in defending America. Leftist efforts to claim similar balloons passed over America during Trump's term. Deflection from Biden's fecklessness. No proof so far. And Trump says he was never told of that. React, told of that. Sounds like big breach in the military chain of command. If, oh, you know what, I'm sorry, I skipped a sentence. GOP Representative Mike Wall says it's possible Pentagon knew and didn't tell Trump for fear of his reaction, which would be terrible if that's true. Sounds like big breach in the military chain of command. Stolen elections have profound consequences. Reversing these consequences, an unprecedented challenge to America. Americans must answer the call. And on Ilhan, committee removal justified. Ilhan Omar is anti-Semitic, openly and proudly. She dismissed 9-11 as some people did something. She enjoys the right to free speech. She can say those things. Omar can run for office if constitutionally eligible, which appeared dubious, but 
Omar has no place participating in the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Omar's case is a teachable moment for American freedom-loving patriots. There is a need to get tough in asserting American national constitutional heritage and identity. America embraces the idea of women and people of color in elected office, but America does not hate Jews or Israel and will not honor or promote those who do. America's founding ideas are good and right. America's Judeo-Christian heritage is good and honorable. It's time to stand up and say so without apology. And on GOP committees, get moving now. If peaceful adjustment to America's mess is to be possible, House committees must activate immediately and comprehensively. Twitter has revealed the largest censorship system in U.S. history. Biden family corruption is deep and obvious and extremely dangerous to all Americans. Weaponization of DOJ, FBI, intelligence agencies is profoundly un-American, anti-American. Pandemic crimes against humanity are becoming undeniable. Southern border remains dangerously open by reason of government malfeasance. China is our top enemy, and we must openly act like we know that. We must openly act like we know that. This and many other problems must receive the disinfectant of sunlight and transparency, must be marked by changes in government attitudes, must be followed by accountability. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you